0: Welcome to Knowledge On The Go, where we explore the leading practices that have emerged in Vizient PI Collaborative. I am Jim Lickauer, Senior Performance Improvement Director for Pharmacy at Vizient and the host of today's episode. In this podcast, we'll discuss the strategies Intermountain Healthcare implemented to improve their immune globulin utilization during the Immune Globulin Optimization Collaborative. Immune globulin, or IG as we will refer to it, is a plasma-derived therapy used to manage chronic diseases. Each plasma donation yields approximately three grams of Ig. This means it requires approximately 130 donations to treat one patient for primary immunodeficiency for one year. And the Ig manufacturing process is quite lengthy, taking approximately nine months from plasma donation to the final product. There are several FDA approved uses for Ig. However, off-labeled use accounts for more than half of the Ig utilization. Ig use continues to grow as new patients are diagnosed and new uses are identified. IG's share of the plasma market has doubled in the last 25 years, and the compound annual growth rate for IG products is estimated at 7.5% through 2025. So due to the finite supply and the lengthy manufacturing process, the potential for adverse effects, and the cost of therapy, it's important to align utilization with FDA-approved or supported off-labeled use and to evaluate and implement strategies to optimize IG therapy. An IG stewardship program provides the framework and support to ensure appropriate utilization. Joining me today to talk about their IG stewardship program are two pharmacists from Intermountain Healthcare in Utah. Connor Hanrahan, Medication Policy Outcomes and Stewardship Director and System PGY1 Pharmacy Residency Program Director, and Meryl Baisacki, Pharmacist, Drug Information Specialist, and Drug Shortage Management Coordinator, are here today. Welcome, Meryl and Connor.
1: Thanks for having us, Jim.
0: Connor, I think it's important for our listeners to understand the complexity of your healthcare system. Let's start off with you telling us a little bit about Intermountain Healthcare.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'd be happy to. So Intermountain is a multi-state, multi-hospital, not-for-profit, integrated delivery system. We are currently located throughout seven states in the Intermountain West. We have 33 hospitals, over 300 clinics, and a fairly large pharmacy portfolio. I do want to note that Most of this IVIG work that we'll be discussing today was undertaken before our recent merger. But that said, even before that merger, Intermountain was a fairly large integrated delivery network of 24 hospitals, over 200 clinics, and a similar pharmacy footprint. The other thing that I think is important for people to recognize is how our organization is structured. So we are what's known as a shared service throughout the organization, meaning that all of our pharmacists and pharmacy directors at our different facilities and hospitals all roll up a report centrally to an enterprise-wide chief pharmacy officer. And likewise, our provider groups all report up to a centralized medical director or associate medical director. And this is important because it's really helpful As we think about standardizing and scaling this type of work across the organization and deploying it consistently, having a unified front and these types of reporting structures actually has really helped with that. So during the
0: collaborative, we discussed and worked through many challenges. What have been some of the greatest challenges with implementing your IG program?
2: A few things top of mind. I think one is around the size and scale of the organization. Doing this type of standardization work at a single hospital can be quite challenging and is amplified quite a bit when we talk about something at a scale as large as we are. There's so many different stakeholder groups you have to consider, and it's been challenging to make sure that everyone's marching in the right direction. Another big challenge for us has been our technology and making sure that it supports our ideal workflow. Meryl's going to go into some more detail on this in a bit, but one of our key challenges, for example, has been around ideal body weight dosing and actually building that into our Cerner-based EHR so that it only applies to IVIG products. As many organizations can relate to Drug shortages and supply instability have been another challenge recently. There have actually been quite a few times over the last couple of years where IVIG product supply has been tenuous, and we've had to purchase non-standard or non-contracted products, which, of course, increases our budget and causes a host of other issues. Another issue has been around capturing accurate data, both for internal and external benchmarking. And, Actually, joining the Vizient Collaborative has been enlightening for a few reasons, but historically, it's required us to have a lot of manual chart abstraction to really nail down what was the very specific indication that we used IVIG for in this patient, or based on this dose, did we round, did we not round, was there excess bio waste, and what did that waste equate to in terms of a financial opportunity? And then the last challenge that's top of mind is really just around the continued engagement for this type of work. It's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. And as you can appreciate with the COVID pandemic, that has taken up a lot of people's time and focus, and rightly so. So making sure that these other types of projects, which are all equally important, haven't fallen by the wayside and remain a priority has been difficult.
0: One important gap identified in our pre-collaborative assessment was the majority of our collaborative participants did not have approved criteria for use. Can you describe for us the process you used to develop your IG-appropriate use guidelines?
2: Yeah, it was a really fun process, actually. As I think about how we began that work, it really started with gaining executive leadership support and buy-in. One piece of advice that I definitely want to share is you don't want this to be perceived as a pet project from pharmacy. It really needs to be something that the organization as a whole owns and has bought into. And so one of our first steps was talking with our enterprise-wide associate medical directors and other physician leaders to make sure that they appreciated and understood the importance of this work and had bought into the compelling why. And then from that actually developed goals and incentives tied to the project so that we could hold people accountable. So then once we did that, we also worked with those medical directors to identify a physician champion who could really dyad or partner with pharmacy to lead out the effort. And so we identified a neurology physician who actually worked with me to co-lead an expert panel that was appointed by our system-wide pharmacy and therapeutics or PNT committee. And then we worked to gather some baseline data and identify which stakeholders we needed to include. We looked at service line level data, various indications. And then we invited those representatives to be a part of the expert panel, working through their department chairs and medical directors again, to ensure that alignment across the board. And at Intermountain, we're quite fortunate to have a, a large drug information service who took an initial stab at compiling research for us on IVIG, really looking around okay, what is the evidence for this indication? Are there guidelines? If there aren't guidelines, what does the primary literature say? And compiled that into a really robust evidence document that the expert panel could use as a basis for the discussion. And then after that, we held a series of expert panel meetings over a few months where we reviewed all the indications discussed various cases and made recommendations about what was appropriate for IVIG use and what wasn't. And this work culminated in the creation of a what's now over 125-page guideline document on appropriate IVIG use at our organization. And it includes not only indications, but what appropriate dosing might look like, where IVIG use should fall in terms of the treatment priorities, is it first or second line, and that kind of thing. And then once that guideline was finalized, it went to our system p for ratification, really memorializing it as the Intermountain standard. And then it was operationally deployed through various mechanisms, including our electronic health record system.
0: So, Meryl, with all the time and effort Connor just described developing these IG guidelines, I assume you evaluated your utilization using the guidelines. What did you discover?
1: Yes. So, we did, as a team, work on this. My colleague who is also a fellow drug information specialist, took the lead on this project. In 2021, we conducted a pretty heavy lift medication use evaluation, or MUE, for IVIG, intravenous immune globulin, and it ultimately required a lot of random chart reviews, so a lot of manual reviews to assess whether the use that we were seeing was in line with that very large, very robust criteria that we developed that Connor just spoke to. And what we found was about 74% of our use was appropriate per the IVIG appropriate use guidelines. 11% was inappropriate. And about 15% of cases, we actually didn't have enough information be gleaned from the electronic health record or EHR to assess appropriateness. So with all of this came an opportunity essentially for a gap analysis where these indications that were potentially possibly inappropriate could be assessed by our our drug information team and determined whether or not it would be appropriate and also an opportunity to update those guidelines with anything new in the literature that had been published since 2018. So that was kind of the next steps that came from our medication use evaluation. In addition, I helped then lead out on a project where we looked at how well we were doing in terms of weight-based dosing and adhering to our best practices. This was kind of a gap that we potentially identified. We didn't necessarily know where we stood. And in the process of this MUE, the MUE didn't necessarily address this. That was out of scope.
0: So dosing strategies was one of the four fundamental principles we outlined for the collaborative. Meryl, can you describe your weight-based dosing strategies and what you discovered when you evaluated the adherence to those strategies?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jim. So our weight-based dosing strategy here at Intermountain Healthcare is to leverage ideal body weight in those patients who weigh more than their actual body weight, but not more than 120% of their ideal body weight. And then in those patients that have a weight that's greater than 120% of their ideal body weight, we will use the adjusted body weight for dosing. Myself, as lead, and then three other team members embarked on a quality improvement project journey. We had to leverage our electronic health record and pull data to see how well we were doing and how well we were adhering to these weight-based dosing strategies. We had to end up doing more manual chart reviews due to EHR limitations. We originally had set out to look at a snapshot of a year time frame. Had to narrow that to six months. And we were shocked by what we found. We were only about 52% adherent based on 44% of the orders that we looked at over that timeframe, where there was adequate enough information to be gleaned from the EHR to assess whether the dosing weight that was used was appropriate. So clearly this gives us ample room for improvement. And next steps with this project was to develop essentially a root cause analysis, a thoughtful approach to understanding why this was happening and what we might be able to do to improve our adherence over time.
0: So one interesting strategy of your project was the survey you conducted with your physicians, physician leaders, and verifying pharmacists to understand the causes for non-adherence to the policy. What did you discover from that survey?
1: My team essentially found that one of the main contributing factors identified through surveying these stakeholders was a lack of awareness of the internal guidelines and standards themselves. On top of that, I want to highlight just two additional contributing factors that came from these interviews and surveys. One contributing cause could be also the manual process that's used to determine the appropriate dosing weight. Our Cerner-based EHR doesn't allow for IVIG orders to be set up to rely or leverage ideal body weight as the default dosing weight. We also identified in the top three contributing factors a lot of variability in our ordering options. Especially in the outpatient setting, indication is not clearly specified, nor is the weight-based dose in terms of grams per kilogram very apparent or transparent.
0: So once you identified those issues, what actions did you take to optimize your IG weight-based dosing?
1: So we are currently in the process right now of getting a formal policy and procedure approved. I wrote it, developed it, and helped with some of my QI quality improvement project team. This policy and procedure is going to allow for verifying pharmacists to modify IVAG orders and dosing per protocol without requiring the order to be re-signed by the prescriber, similar to what you see across health systems, particularly for renal dose adjustments and protocols there. It's currently being reviewed by our policy and protocol pharmacy and therapeutics committee subcommittee right now. In addition, we're very excited about the Cerner enhancements that are coming our way hopefully in September that may allow us to now select ideal body weight as the default dosing weight for all of our IVIG orders.
0: So what advice do you have for our listeners who are planning on implementing similar strategies?
1: I think the biggest piece of advice that I would wanna pass along to our listeners is to bring in ongoing system-wide unified physician leadership collaboration support as much and as early as possible so that you have longitudinal support, awareness, and basically continued dedication to this effort to optimize IVIG use across the system. Never assume just because you have an established best practice doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be ongoing commitment to that best practice. Determining baseline adherence rates for us were really important. And in addition, exploring some automatic ways to monitor that adherence. And then standardizing is key. Standard as much as possible in the process of our QI project. We found a lot of process variation that leads to inefficiencies and inaccuracies. And I think I'll end with one last piece of advice. is just saying, try to quantify the cost savings or some benefit that can come from your initiative or your change to help garner more support from your leadership and from your IT team. Informatics groups across the country are really stretched thin with resources. So helping to give the health system, your organization, your leadership, some information on how your project adds value. For instance, our group estimated about $330,000 in annual cost savings that would come if we were to raise adherence rates up to 100%.
0: So what's next? Where do you go with respect to IG and Intermountain Healthcare?
2: Well, that's a great question, Jim. One thing that I alluded to earlier was that Intermountain just merged with another organization and will have an expanded footprint. And so we're excited to learn what were the best practices of our our new colleagues around IVIG and is there anything that we could learn from them? And then figuring out how do we scale whatever the best practices across the organization to make sure that we're really standardizing as best we can and making sure that there's consistent care and wise stewardship of IVIG. And then making sure that we leverage and deploy that Cerner enhancement later this year so that we can target specific dosing strategies for IVIG is something we're really excited about.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, I'll add, we're going to continue collaborating with our informatics group to help optimize IVIG ordering in our EHR, both in the inpatient and the outpatient settings so that we have more front-facing and more accessible data on the indications that are associated with the orders, as well as the gram per kilogram target dosing that is associated and attached to those orders.
0: So I want to thank both Merrill and Connor for joining us today and sharing their insights from their IG program at Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for having us, Jim. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Knowledge on the Go. Thank you to our listeners for taking the time to join us and please look for future Knowledge on the Go podcasts. For Vizient's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Jim Licower. Please join us for more Knowledge on the Go. Subscribe today, like us, or send us comments at Collaboratives at com.